joining us for the latest message at Island Church. this this word intention intention and when he speaks this to me because he he talks it talks about these things to me quite a bit about about what is your intention and i have the sense that he's saying that many of us think that we have an attention problem we have an attention trying to have a hard time paying attention when it when it's getting into the place of worship have a hard time paying attention when the word gets ministered or have a hard time paying attention when we're studying the word. And, and he says, it's not that we have an attention problem. We have an intention problem to where we don't have the correct intention because see like our kids, you know, kids can, kids can, 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 you know, they can say, Oh, they can't handle this. They can't handle that. They don't have the attention span to do things, but you know, you can put, you can put children right right in front of, you know, an Xbox and they can stay there for six hours and be completely focused and honed in. Why? Because they have an intention. I mean, they have an intention, uh, an intention to satisfy their flesh. They have an intention, amen, to, to, to win. They have an intention, you know, to be better than, than their mate next to them. There's an intention. You can put, you know, people, you can put Hannah out on the football field, and she may not have an intention in school, but she has an intention on the football pitch. Amen. I'm not saying you don't do well in school. I don't mean it like that. But I'm saying we, we, have, that we have to mind our own intentions of what we have in the church. You, you know, you know, back back in the day, you know, I don't, I don't know if they they label kids like this anymore, but they they had like uh, ADD or ADHD or some of this junk that they like to put labels on kids. You know, to say that they're too energetic or too hyper. And listen, I I would have been one of those people myself. You know, when I when I was a young kid, they if they would have had that label back then, I probably would have gotten it. But it wasn't that I was too hyper. It wasn't that. It's just that my my intentions are in the wrong place. Amen. And, and if we're gonna if we're gonna have his his presence and his power come and just you know lift the roof to where buildings begin to shake, Amen. You say, well, well, why is that gonna happen? Because it happened in the book of Acts. Amen. When they had one mind, they're in one accord, lifting the same voice, the buildings begin to shake because his presence became known. Hmm? But they're intentional. They're seeking after the same things. Amen, church. We're we're seeking after the same things. I mean, listen, we 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 show up up here on a Wednesday evening. We're seeking the same things. We're not just being intentional about seeking His presence. We're also following what His Word says. Amen. But I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm saying the Lord's saying these are things we need to work on. These are things I need to work on myself. Amen. To where I don't we don't get distracted and our minds not going here thinking about this, thinking about that, thinking about problems, thinking about work, thinking about your marriage, thinking about your children, thinking about all these different things that are going on, but but we have an attention focused straight on him and nothing gets in the way of it. Because we're intentional about him and him only. Hmm? And then when we come fulfill what his word says in, in Hebrews. Chapter ten twenty five when we when we don't forsake this assembling together, Amen. That we don't forsake the assembling together, even as the manner of some is. But we exhort one another, exhorting one another. 
even the much more as this day is approaching. And y'all know what that day is that's approaching? See, the reason, I, you know, the reason I'm talking about this intentional stuff is, listen, I think the Lord's trying to get some intentional, because listen, he's, 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 about, he's coming back. Amen. He says he's coming back for a spotless church, a church that's, that's without wrinkle. Not, that's not thing that you can do for our own. That's something he's done for us. But listen, if we don't, if we don't keep our intentions in the right place, listen, we're, we're, we're going to manufacture some wrinkles on ourselves. We're going to put some spots on ourselves that, that aren't going to be pleasing to him. Amen. And he, he says we ought to be gathering together. Amen. Looking forward to this gathering together. Amen. Getting into the corporate presence, even, even as the days draw nigh, even as, even as they're getting closer to him approaching. I like the way the Passion Translation says this. It says, uh, it says, this is not a time to pull away and neglect a meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. I mean, how many of y'all know people have formed the habit, amen, of, of not meeting anymore? Hmm? It says that we should, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day of dawning, that day coming. Amen. How many of y'all know the early church, they didn't have a command that said you have to meet every day. You have to go to each other's house and you have to break bread. You have to sell everything you have and lay it at the apostles' feet. You have to do these things. You know why they did it? Because they were intentional about coming to his presence. When he, and then when they came into his presence, it changed everything about them. I mean, they couldn't get enough of it. They, they needed to be around people. They needed to get sharpened up by one another. Hmm? And in light of the revelation we have today, 2,000 years later after Jesus has, has come to this place, you know, if we go about encouraging people to come to church, I mean, tomorrow can, can be a witness on this. People can get so irritated at you. Get irritated you just, just for inviting them, just, just for encouraging people to come to church. And this is what the word says we ought to be doing, encouraging one another, exhorting one another, even as that day approaches. Why? Because people know what they should be doing. Hmm? People know what they should be doing. Amen. They, they, they know what they ought to be doing. Amen. But, but you know what happens? You know, the, the wide path becomes more appealing. I mean, that, that wide path, that, 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 that counterfeit system of life that we talked about last week, that, that counterfeit system of life, you know, begins to take over and it begins to catch our gaze and they begin to walk off that wide path and go down the narrow path. Go off the narrow path and go down the, the wide path, should I say. Amen. Which is a scary, I'm telling you, a scary place to be. Listen, here in Second Timothy Second Timothy, this is this is a scripture, and 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 ever since ever since we got uh, about the middle of COVID, the Lord just kept on putting this over and over and over in my spirit, and he and he brings it and he brings it back up quite often, and it's powerful, but it's something that we need to we need to come we need to come to the to the to the knowledge of it. We need to allow these the, these words here in, in in Second Timothy chapter three to begin to sink into our heart, Amen. Because these are the days we are living, and this is this is this is uh, Paul, you know, speaking to his spiritual son Timothy about the coming apostasy. He says here in verse one, he says he goes, "This know also that in the last days perilous times." 
hard, stressful, troublesome times, they're going to come. He goes, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. You know, I like to listen to this guy named, named Joe Morris, and he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great minister, a great prophet of God, and, and he always makes this, it's a joke, but it's a true statement. He says, he goes, men will be lovers of themselves. He says, have you ever walked around people hold selfie sticks? I mean, we got, they sell a product called a selfie stick that you put your, you put your, pitch, your, your telephone on so you can take a better picture of yourself. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I mean, when Kimberly and I went to China, that's all you saw. There's like millions of them. Everyone's walking around with one of these things. Why? So they could take great pictures of themselves. I mean, I liken to it more on our social media system we have nowadays. I mean, you can't get on social media. And listen, only most of the people I have on mine would be, would be friends, church people, people that are serving God. And listen, you can't get on it without seeing people's face plastered all over it because they, they think we have to put our picture. You have to show what you're eating for the day. You have, to, you have to show everything about your life because everyone cares about what's going on in your life. And I'm not just talking about the people at church. I'm talking about ministers. I mean, Pat, well, we got, we got to have our face out there. People got to see who we are. People got to make sure that we're, that we're getting involved. And, you know, we got to put our name out there so we can grow, so we can do these things. I mean, what, what, is, what does the word say? It says, for men will be lovers of themselves. They're going to be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, both the natural and your spiritual parents, unthankful, unholy. Amen. Unconsecrated, unconsecrated from God, but consecrated, you know, look very similar to what like the world looks like. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, I mean, having no self-control or no restraint, fierce, despisers of those things that are good, traitors, heady, meaning, uh, meaning violent or intoxicated with the things of the world, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, lovers of pleasure, having, having love for things that satisfy our flesh more, more than we seek out the things of God. I mean, more, more than, more than, more than, you know, you know, what, what, you know, oh, maybe I can get a drink. Maybe I can numb my flesh. Maybe I can smoke this thing and numb my flesh. Maybe just give me another tablet. Give me another woman. Give me another man. Give me something, something to numb this flesh, right? Because, because I have, I'm taking more uh, pleasure in the things that are, that are numbing me, amen, than I am in the pleasures of God. I've, we've substituted what he can, how he can pleasure us and substitute with a counterfeit, with what the world desires. The, he says, and have a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He says, such stay away. Oh, would that really say that in the Bible? Yeah, it, it says that. It says, it says, from such stay away. Having a form of godliness. I mean, they're pious. They, 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 they look religious. Everything looks good in their life. You know, they're saying amen. They say hallelujah. They know, they know when to say praise the Lord at the right time, you know, but they deny the power thereof. They're denying the power. They deny the gifts of the spirit. They deny healing power. They deny prosperity power. They deny the power of grace, amen, that can come upon us to deliver us from every single thing he just spoke about in the previous verses. Amen. They're denying the empowering grace, but, but yield to the permissive grace. Oh, everything's grand. God's going to love you anyhow. Hmm? He says, such, such stay away from. Now, while we're here, we might as well do, let's just back on up. Let's back on up here to, to, to 1 Timothy. 
Amen. This is what he, he was telling them the first time. Where is that, Lord? We were talking about this um, when we were talking about the spirit-led life there in First Timothy chapter four, verse, verses you know one and two. It says, "It says now, it says now the Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit. He says He speaks expressly that in the latter times, which is the days we're in right now, He says some shall depart from the faith." Some are going to turn apostate, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their, their conscience seared, having their, their spirit seared to where they can't hear from the things of God. Amen. He says that there, there, there's, there's a time coming, church, and I'm telling you, I think we are, we are neck deep in these things right now. There's a time coming where people are going to walk away from the faith. Why? Because they're in rebellion against anything that's holy rebellion against anything that's holy. They're tired of being different. They're tired of swimming upstream. So what do they do? They go out and they find themselves teachers. They go, they go find themselves a doctrine. They find anything that begin to pet their flesh and, and numb their flesh. It says that, he says that they'll come after heeding and giving, giving ear to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils who speak lies and hypocrisies. Whew. Trying to, trying to appear religious. Amen. But denying his power that set him free from all these things. Listen, church, we need to, we need to stay away from these things. He says, he says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a, hard iron, with a hot iron. How many of y'all know that when your conscience gets seared, this is speaking of, this is speaking of having your spirit man seared. Amen. And having your, having your becoming hard of hearing, becoming deaf. Amen. Deaf in the spirit, not being able to hear from the things of God. Hmm. That's a difficult place to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do we get to that place? Because we begin to meditate on everything that everything that's carnal. Amen. Listen, and we meditate on the things that are carnal. We're meditating on everything that is unholy. Amen. It becomes very hard because, see, the Holy Ghost is trying to stop us from doing those things. And if we're going to continue to go in that direction, you have to silence the Holy Spirit. And the more you silence the Holy Spirit, listen, church, you become numb to them. You become numb to them. And then we start finding doctrines that want to please us instead of doing things that please him. Amen. Living a life that pleases him. You know, people say, well, do you really, do you really think that we're in this position. Do you really think the church is in, is in this position? Well, listen, I was, I was, I was reading on uh, the Barna group. I mean, they do, they do statistics on the things of the, on, in church in the States, right? Now, now I know that what that has to do in the States is not in Ireland, but listen, the United States is probably the, the, probably the, the, the largest Christian nation in the world. I mean, with people serving God. And so it can kind of be the, it can kind of be the benchmarker for what the church looks like around the world, so to speak so to speak. And, and Barna said, ever since the year 2000, up to either year 21 or 22, I'm not for sure, but, uh, 2021 or 2022, it says that there has been a 45% decrease from the people in 2000 and the church into 2021. 45% of practicing Christians. 
practicing Christians. Now, what's a practicing Christian? It is, this isn't including the people that go to church on, on Easter and go to church on Christmas. Amen. It's not talking about those people that just because I've been baptized or prayed a prayer, I'm a Christian. No, it's practicing Christians, people that, that are praying, people that were studying the word of God, people that were in church one, two, three, sometimes four times a week. Those people, it says 45% of them since 2000 are no longer in the church. No longer in the church. What's that? That's called apostasy. I mean, listen, this, y'all know, this, this is what COVID was about, church. Amen. Why? Because, see, the, the church got caught on her heels. Amen. The adversary came in and started trying to destroy some of the things that are weak. Amen. Ever since COVID has come through, I'm telling you, there's been masses of people that have never showed back up to church again. They're part of this 45% group. Amen. It's It's mental. I mean, it's absolutely mental. It says that, that 50% of that 45%, half of it, roughly half, roughly half have just completely stopped serving God. They're just not believers. We're not, just not going to have anything to do with that stuff anymore. People that were serving God. The other half, they've, they begin to follow a different religious organization. Amen. They, they've started, you know, uh, becoming what humanist or, or agnostic or atheist, which is actually religion, you know, or Buddhist or, or Muslim. They, they begin to follow something else. And we say, why is this? Why is this? Why, why, why is it, has it become so easy for the church to begin to walk away from the things of God, walk away from what the Lord has commanded us to do, walk away from his word, walk away from him? I'd venture to say, because the modern church doesn't look a whole lot like how the Lord established it. It looks more like what man established. Amen. What man has established, what, what man's idea, what Jesus' church ought to look like. I mean, the church has begun to look a lot more like the world than it does, than it does what Jesus established in the book of Acts. I mean, can we, can we really say that, that the church looks like the book of Acts? Hmm? Yeah, we have healings, absolutely. We've had, we've had loads of healings, seen amazing miracles happen. But does it look like the book of Acts? Hmm? I mean, good night. We have, we have the, the divorce rate in the church is, is almost as high as a secular world. It's almost up to 50%. And I'm not criticizing anyone that got divorced. I know there's I know there's scriptural you know precedent for for these things. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is, how is it acceptable for that to look like the look as high as the world is? I'm telling you, there's some there's something that needs to shift. There's something that needs to change. I mean, there's how how many how many pastors and how many worship leaders have we heard in the past for three or four or five years that 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 have walked away from their calling? Amen. Got caught up in some kind of worldly scandal. Amen. And some of it just denied the faith. Ah, I just don't believe that rubbish anymore. I'm telling you, there's some things, there's some things that need to change. And I keep asking the Lord about these things because these are things that are, man, it, it, we see in all these things take place. And man, these things, they, they make my heart cringe. I mean, my spirit man begins to cringe over these things. And, I, and I'm asking, why, why, why? You know, why? Because, because I'm a leader like many other people. We're, we're leaders in the kingdom. Amen. And if I'm a leader in the kingdom, I'm held responsible. Amen. For, for what happens and what, and what doesn't happen and what he's given me authority over. Amen. So I don't, I don't want some of these things to take place here. I don't want people walking away from the things of God. You know, so, so why are these things happening? And the Holy Spirit, he, he, keep, he keeps on asking me the same, the same question here. He says, does my, does my church 
look like my biblical church that I established in the book of Acts. He has, he has asked me that several times when I come to him asking that question. You know, does my church look like that? Amen. Is it free from greed? Amen. Is our church free from greed? Is it free from self-exaltation? Is it free from sickness? Is it free from mental health disorders? Is it, is it free from a performance mentality? Is it free from these things? Amen. Operating in the fullness of his glory. I mean, are people, are people walking around, amen, bowing down to us because they think we're gods? That happened. That happened in Acts. They were walking, oh my Lord, I, there's something so different about you. Why? Because they're holy. There's something so different about you. The power of God started launching through them. They started bowing down to them, thanking their gods. Oh, oh, you must be Zeus. Hmm? You must be one of the other gods that have come down to this land. No, get, get back up. I'm, I'm just a man with like passions like you. Coming here to reveal the one and only true, really, uh, living God. Hmm? Are they saying that we're the ones that have changed the world and flipped it upside down? We flipped, uh, we flipped dairy upside down. We will. Amen. But we're going to have to posture ourselves and get into the position where we can do these things. Because I'm telling you, church, there was something different about them. Amen. Then, then what's going on in the modern church? You say, what is that? They had one mind. They had one belief system. Amen. What is that? It was the word. And then they had one confession coming out of their mouth. One confession. They believed one thing. And when they believed that one thing, one thing came out of their mouth. Amen. What is that? The word of God in every situation. Amen. And when I'm telling you, we're going to have to get rid of this divide, all of this rubbish from, from religious denomination stuff that, 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 is, that is built upon, you know, their favorite pastor and their favorite TV evangelist. Amen. And we're going to have to start getting back to the place where we, where we only honor one thing, and that's the word of God. And we come into that in agreement with the word of God. I'm going to tell you, church, we're going to begin to have one. We're going to come in one place in one accord, and we're going to start speaking things. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to start seeing cities get changed. Amen. But we can't, we, we, we can't be pulling things in, in a million different directions. And we got to come into one belief, one mind, and one mouth. Amen. One, one mind and one mouth. So, so listen, let, let's, let's jump back here where, where we ended off last week because that was kind of out of the blue there. And I just want to touch back on that real quick before we, before, we, before we move on. In Mark chapter 8, in Mark chapter 8, was that in... Uh, you know, starting, starting somewhere in there around verse, uh, am I in the right, no, I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay, Mark chapter 8. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, somewhere around verse 34 there. Now, if you remember this, right, this is when Peter, he just had a, he just had a revelation from God. The Father himself spoke something into his spirit, amen, and it revealed that Jesus, that he was actually the Christ, Amen. The father says what? Uh, Jesus said, look, the flesh and blood hadn't revealed that to you, but my father has revealed that unto you. And then we find, two, you know, because, because of that, because of that revelation that took place, what did Jesus do? He started giving them a new revelation. Listen, I'm about to get rejected and I'm about to die, but I'm about to be raised back up from the dead. Amen. Starts giving, giving them revelation because he, they know now he is Messiah. He is the Christ. He's the one that they've been looking for for thousands of years. It's him. It's Jesus. So he begins to tell them what, 
what the things that were prophesied about, and they're about to come to pass. And what did Peter do? He rebuked him and said, I don't think so, Jesus. No, 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 no. No, you're going to take your throne as the Messiah is supposed to do, and I'm going to help you take that throne. You're not, you're not going to kill. They're not going to come against you. No, no, we're going to come in. We're going to storm. We're going to push out the Romans, and then you're going to come sit in your, sit in your seat, sit on your throne. And Jesus turned back to him, and what did he do? He rebuked him. Why? Because those words weren't those words weren't from of God anymore. Those words were from the adversary. And he said, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You're a reproach to me. Amen. You're, you're speaking things trying, trying to get me off track. Amen. Trying to give me, get me to yield unto what the adversary's intentions are. Amen. And then he and then he starts speaking them to this. In verse 34 here. And then he called the disciples over to him. He says, he says, whosoever shall come to me, he says, let him deny himself. Let him deny his flesh. Let him deny his thoughts. Let him design, deny his desires. Let him take up his cross and die unto himself. And then when you do those two things, then you can follow me. Then you can follow me. He says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospels, the same shall save it. Now, you remember that that word life there is fascinating because that's that Greek word suke, right? Which is where we get the, the, the English word psyche, the, the mind, amen? So this is what usually it's translated soul, right? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I'm telling you, that's absolutely fascinating there because if you're looking at that, he says, if, uh, he says here, if uh, whosoever shall deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Amen. If you want to save your life, you want to save your soul, you want to save your will, your emotions, your desires, you want to save those things as what's been brought to you from the world system, the counterfeit system of this world, he says, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose your life. Amen. If you, if, you won't, if you won't shift the way you think, you will lose your life. Listen, let me tell you something, church. If we don't change the way we think, you're going to lose your life. Amen. But he says, listen, if you will lose your life, if you'll lose your soul, if you'll lose your way of thinking, you begin to take on mine. You can take on mine. And what's going to happen? Then you will have life. Then you'll have life. Glory to God. He says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? That's that Greek word suke again. What, what shall profit a man? Can, can we profit? Amen. Can we profit? Can we make any gain? Hey, man, if we can gather up everything from the world, everything that the world has, all the possessions of the world, all the good things that the, that the counterfeit world system has to offer, but, but we lose our way of thinking, being we lose our life. Well, is it any profit? Absolutely not. And, he, and he, he continues on, he says, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for your soul? Let me ask you, do you have a price? Do you have a price tag for your soul? Hmm? You have a price tag for your life? Is there, do you have a number? Do you have a figure that will purchase your way of thinking, that will purchase your life? Do you, do you, do, will you sell that out? Hmm? Will we sell that out? You know, everything has a price, right? I mean, and the, and the saying, oh, everything, everything has a price. You know, you know I, lo I, love, I love buying and selling cars. I love buying and selling houses. We, we love those things that, to, make a, to, uh, to, to earn a few extra quid. Amen. But one of the favorite things I, I, I always hear, you know, people come over because my wife has a good, good way of, you know, designing the house and, and putting things together, right? So people will come in the house like, oh, yeah, we'll buy the house, but, but can we take the couch? Can we, can, we, can we have the couch with it? 
Amen. And I always say, everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. And even at the right price, I'll sell you my wife and my eldest child. <laughs> Amen. As a joke. Amen. As a joke. But what I'm saying, every, everything I possess, it doesn't mean anything to me. Amen. If you want it, you can have it. Amen. Because these things hold no bar to me. They, they don't hold any value. They hold value, but they don't, they, I don't hold on to them. Everything's like water through my hands when it comes to these things. Amen. But, but, what, but what Jesus is getting at here is, do we have a price tag for our soul? Amen. Everything we may have, we run through our hands, but do we have a price tag? Amen. That we'll sell out. Hmm. Will you sell out your salvation? He says, whoever shall therefore, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me in my words, in my culture, in my way of doing things, and this adulterous and sinful generation of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. He replies, listen, if you're ashamed of me in this wicked and perverse generation because you're sold out to the way they do things, he says, when I come back, he goes, I'm going to be ashamed of you. I'm telling you, these, these, are, these are strong words, not strong words for me. These are strong words from the king. Amen. Spe speaking to each and every one of us, amen, which is, which is something we need to be grabbing a hold of. Jump on back here to, to Mark chapter 7. This was, our, this was our foundational scripture that we started with a few weeks ago. And starting off here in verse 5, it says, it says then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, they said, they said uh, why walk not thy disciples according to the traditions of the elders, but, but eat bread with unwashed hands? Y'all remember this? I mean, this is, when, this is when the boys, you know, the boys, the disciples, they're coming through and they begin to eat and they didn't wash their hands from their hands to their elbows. So what the elders do, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, they come and say, listen, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. He goes, they go, how dare your disciples disciples not follow our traditions. Amen. Put it, let's put it in modern day vernacular, right? It's, How dare your people not follow my, our traditions? Don't you know who we are? Amen. We, we're the ones that run the temple. We run the synagogues. We can kick you out. We can kick all your disciples out. How dare you disrespect us and the things we've said to do and not wash your hands from your hands to your elbows. How dare you do those things? And Jesus spoke up and he said, well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, you people that like to wear two different masks, amen, wear the mask of religion and leading, leading God's people, being the priests, being the intercessors between God and man. And then on the other side, you're wearing the mask of religion, amen, wearing the mask of power and authority, amen, yeah, the, 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 the mask of narcissism. He says, you hypocrites. He goes, he goes, as it is written, the people shall honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But their heart is far from me. He, said, he says, you know, people are going to honor God with, with dead words. Why? Because their hearts are dead. Because their hearts are dead because they're hypocrites. Because they're hypocrites. Jumping on down here to verse 15, it says, it says, there is nothing from without a man that, that enters into him that can defile him, but things which come out of him, those are the things that defile him. 
skipping over to, to verse 19 uh, or verse 18. This is the, the disciples. They came up to him. They said, man, we don't really understand what you're having to say there. And Jesus said, do you not perceive that, that whatsoever things from without enters the man, it cannot defile him. Anything that comes out that we put into our mouths and we eat, it does not defile us because it, enters into, it does not enter into his heart. But it enters into his belly, and then it goes into the draft. It goes it purging all meats, meaning it goes into your, your mouth, into your stomach, into your digestive tract, and then it goes into the sewer. Amen. It can't defile you. It doesn't go into your heart. He says, but that which comes out of, out of man, not, it's not what comes in, but it's what comes out. Amen. That's what defiles the man. From within, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, or, or sexual lawlessness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within a man. They defile him. It's not the things that come without. It's the things that, it's the things that we release out of our hearts that come out of our mouth. These are the things that defile us. Woo! Okay. You know, here, here in verse 19, yeah, this is this is pretty this is pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting here because you see Jesus beginning to, to cross over this dispensational uh, dispensational tract here in eighteen and nineteen when he says it's not the things that uh, it's not the things that we put in our mouth. Why? Because there are things that were illegal that you couldn't eat. How many y'all know about? Right? You had to any any meat that you eat it had to come from an animal that had cloven hooves. It had to have a it had to have a, a split hoof. Right? Not not toes, but it had to have a split hoof. Amen. And it had to have, uh, it had to chew the cud. It had to have several different stomachs to, to process everything. Why? Because God wanted us to be healthy. Amen. It was trying to save us some trouble. He was saying, listen, these things are safe to eat. They're, 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 they're going to be more nutritious, so on and so forth. So we eat these animals. Amen. But Jesus crosses that divide here. He says, he says, listen, and, and well, in essence here, in essence, he says, listen, all food is legally clean for you now to eat. Why? Because it's not any meat that you, that you intake, that you process, that's going to defile you. Amen? You say, I'm, church, that's good news. You say, why is that? Because I like bacon. Amen? I like ham. Amen? I like, I, like, I like lobster. I like some of these things. These are good things to eat, which you could not eat under the other covenant. Amen? But you can't eat now, all right? Because Jesus, Jesus gave permission. He said, listen, all those meats, those, those things, they're not going to make you unclean. Amen. It's, no, it's what's in your heart. Now, with that, with Jesus saying that, he wasn't saying, now listen, you know, if you don't prepare these things right, you may not, you may get worms. He wasn't saying that. He wasn't saying they, that these things may have more bacteria and different pest, uh, uh, parasites in them than, than other meats. He, he didn't say that. Amen. He didn't even say that, that, these, that all foods are now all equally nutritious because they're not. Amen. You like pig, you like lobster, you like, so these are bottom feeders, man. They're eating rubbish. They're eating the filth off of the dead things off the bottom. Amen. Now you eat it. Hey, listen, you better be praying over it. Amen. <laughs> Pray over it. But listen, he's not saying you're going to get, that's going to be just as nutritious as eating, eating a salad or eating, or eating a cow. Amen. And he also, let me, let me say that too. He also wasn't giving us permission to, to say, you know what, I'm going to eat a bag of chips every day with a pizza and I'm going to follow it on down with the Snickers every single day. I'll wash it all down with a two-liter Coke. Glory to God because Jesus gave me permission. Everything's legal. He didn't say that. He didn't say to be carnal. Amen. He didn't say follow after all your carnal desires. Amen. No, he was just saying, listen, that pizza is not going to make you unclean. And you have a little piggy walking on top. It's not going to make it unclean. 
What makes you unclean is what's in your heart. What makes you unclean is in your heart. Woo. What makes you unclean is in your heart. You're unsanctified. You're unsanctified because of what is your, when your heart had you never repented of. Not because of what you eat. Amen. Now Jesus was revealing, listen, all food may be spiritual and clean. Amen. But what, but what, but what we allow to come into our minds, what we allow to come into our thought lives, what we meditate on, we allow to drop into our spirits. Amen. When it drops into our spirit, it gets regurgitated out of our mouths as a confession. Amen. When it gets regurgitated out of our mouths as a confession. Amen. It gives an expression to our faith. And how many you know when you have an expression of your faith, something you believe, it will manifest 100% of the time. It will manifest 100% of the time. Amen. Is whatever thing, like we say, whatever things you believe or the things you confess, whatever things you confess will manifest. Amen. This is scriptural, scriptural, you know, doctrine 101 here. Amen. Here's a, here's a good example. You know, one of, one of the elders in our church down in Dundalk, his name's Melvin. He's a, he's, a, he's a really good friend of mine. And he was telling me a, a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, he goes, hey, you want to go up to Port Rush with me? He goes, we're going to go up there surfing. It's going to be a beautiful day. It was about that time when everything was about 22, 23 degrees, you know, lovely days. We were having that, 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 uh, that what do they call it, that heat wave that came through, you know. He said, you want to come up with me? And it was on a Friday. I said, no, I think it was on a Friday. But he said, I said, no, I have to, I have to get prepared for Sunday. You know, I, I can't do that. He goes, all right, I'll let you know how it gets on. So, so he, they woke up the next morning, sun was shining. Shining, beautiful day. The heat was already coming off. And so they, they took off. Him and his wife took off work and they got in their cars. They started heading up to Port Rush. They lived down in Port Down. Amen. And as they, as they were going up there, it was a glorious day. If you know Melvie's probably singing, praising God, praying the whole way he's up there. And when he got up there about a couple miles out, you saw he saw a fog starting to come in. And then, and then the this, this sea mist, as he would call it, you know, got very thick. So they went and they parked and then they went onto the beach. And he said, man, that sea mist was so thick. You couldn't see like 10 feet in front of you. He goes, it was so thick. He goes, yeah, I was, he goes, I was standing there, pastor, and my clothes were getting wet. It was like it was drizzling rain on me. The sea mist was so thick. He goes, I walked over there to, to, the, to the lifeguard and I said, hey, you know, when, when, when's this stuff going to leave? You know, we came all the way down from Port of Down. We're, we're planning on staying here the, you know, the whole day. When's this stuff going to be out of here? And she said, oh, it's not. It's not. That's why I have this flag here. See, this flag here says that you can't swim. You know, you, you can't go swimming because we can't see you out in the water, so there is no swimming. So I would suggest, you know, you either, you know, you sit here, enjoy the mist so that they can get, get wet that away. You go get something to eat or you go back home because it's not leaving. You know, you know I've, I've had too much experience with this, and the meteorologists say the same thing. It's here for the day. So Melvin, what did he do? He, he walked over to his wife, you know, like he would. And he said, you know, this is what this lady said. You know, we came all this way up, you know, two miles that way. It's beautiful. You know, he goes, you know, let's pray. Let's pray. So they came into agreement. You know, he said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, that we know that all authority has been given unto you in heaven and earth. Thank you for the authority you've given us. Amen. Glory to God. We stand. We know the things that you've done. You said we can do the same things you do, even, even greater works than these. We know you rebuke the storm. I command, I command these clouds to leave. I command this mist to leave. I command that sun to begin to shine through in the mighty name of Jesus opened up his eyes, everything looks just the same. What'd he do? He walked back over to that lifeguard. He said, hey, 
What color is that flag? What does it look like? The one that says that you can go swimming. And she, she began to describe it to him. And he said, why don't you go pick it up because the sun's about to come out. Amen. Now, can you imagine that? I mean, you know what this lady looked? She looked at you, idiot. You know, look at, look at this guy. You know, coming over like he knows something. You know, yo, you know more than the Met, do you? Oh, you, you know more than I do. I'm out here every single day. Yeah, get out of here. You know what happened about 45 minutes later? The heavens began to part. The sun started shining. It became a beautiful day. And what did she do? She went and got that flag that says you can go swimming, and she put it in the ground. She put it in the ground. People say, oh, man, that's, that's such coincidence. Oh, man, that's such a good church. There is no such thing as coincidence in the kingdom. There's no such thing as it. But there is someone, such a thing as, as believing what the word of God says. Trusting what the word of God says. Beginning to confess those things. Believing it. And then having an the expression. You say, you say well, how, how, do you, how do you know that he was actually believing what John chapter 14 uh, verse 12 says? That, that the works I do, you shall do, also, you shall do also even greater works than these that I go to my father. How do you know that he was believing those things? Was it because he prayed? Was it because he had a confession? No, what was, no, it was the expression of his faith. He believed so much, he didn't just pray and then confess these things. No, he walked to the lifeguard. He walked back over there. Why? Because he knew it was going to take place. He had no doubt. He didn't think he was going to look like a fool. He didn't. He's. Like, I'm not going to look. Now he, he didn't. That didn't even cross his mind. Why? He knew what was about to take place. He wanted her to know who he knows. Amen. So he went and he he revealed. Listen, we prayed. Everything's going to be granted. Listen, sun's coming out. You go get your flag and and walk, and walk on off. And what happened? Forty five minutes later, an hour later. Hello. Amen. They were out swimming. They're out swimming. I'm going to tell you, church, and when we believe things, I mean, with such a, with such a capacity that we don't let, allow anything in the world to penetrate, listen, we won't just confess it. See, see there'll, there'll be an expression that comes along with it. Amen. You say, what do I mean that? Listen, church, we, we begin to pray all the time. People pray for stuff all the time, and they never believe it. Oh, oh, let's come into agreement. Let's come into agreement. We'll pray this. And then you walk off, and they're already saying why things didn't happen, why this didn't work, why God never does this, and God never answers me. And they wonder why nothing ever happens in their life. Amen? Because they allow their, their circumstances, they allow their feelings, they allow their flesh to get in the middle of the way. Amen? I'm telling you, when, we believe, when, we, when you actually believe what the Word of God says, when you allow it to usurp everything that the world's tried to teach you, Amen. You'll, you will have a confession coming out of your mouth and it will not care what you feel like. It will not care if you have pain. It will not care what the circumstances look around you. Why? Because you know, you know that his word never returns void. Amen. That he can't lie. Amen. What he, what he said, listen, church, it will come to pass. Listen, this, this is what Hebrews 11.1 1 is talking about, right? It's that confident expectation of something coming to pass. You know, you know faith is the substance of things. It is, a, it is the title deed of, of things hoped for. What is hope? It's that confident expectation of knowing something's going to come to pass. It is the evidence of things not seen. Is the proof, is the proof of things you can't see. It's the proof of the things that are in the spiritual realm that if you can just believe him, if you can just believe him, not believe him for two seconds, but continue to believe, continue to believe, continue to believe, you can reach up in the spirit and bring it down onto earth as it is in heaven. Hmm? But we got to begin to believe it. And that true belief, amen, that true knowing, 
amen, will produce an expression of faith in our life. Listen, church, we need to start rebelling, you know, and mm, instead of rebelling against the word of God, amen, instead of rebelling against what he says, oh, I don't believe that healing junk. Oh, I don't believe that prosperity stuff. I don't believe in that salvation stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that power stuff. I don't believe in that authority stuff. Instead of, instead of rebelling against the word of God, listen, we need to start rebelling against that counterfeit system of life that Satan has trained up the world in. Amen. We ought to be rebelling against it. We ought to be pushing back against that, but not, not against his word. Amen. Not, not against his word. We need to be grabbing a hold of his word, not pushing it back. And listen, I mean, the world, the world is, is, the world will label us with so many different things, church, and we just receive it. I mean, they, they start put, putting out labels upon everything and we just receive it like it, like it's no problem. Amen. Oh, you're depressed. Oh yeah, I guess I am. Oh, you, 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 you have this cancer. You have this sickness. Oh, well, I guess I do. Amen. You'll never do it because you're not good enough. I mean, you're not pretty enough. You'll never accomplish that. You're not a good enough business person. You can never start that. You'll never be a preacher. You can't do these things. I'm telling you, the world, it starts labeling us with how weak and how, how ungodly we are. But listen, church, if we begin to believe that counterfeit system, you know what's going to happen? You're going to receive the product of it. Hmm? You're going to receive the product of it. Why? Because whatsoever things you believe, church, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the things that come out of your mouth. Amen. And whatever thing comes out of your mouth, listen, church, you can, you can believe it that you'll be eating it. Amen. Because it's going to manifest in your life. Like y'all say, you don't, you don't like the way your life is. Listen, you, you not only change the things you say, but you got to change the way you believe. I mean, when you change the way you believe, then it'll change the things you say. And when it changes the things you say, your life will begin to change around you. Woo. Amen. That's the goodness of him. Amen. He's not stopping anything. We're stopping him. Amen. We're stopping him with our thought life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, church. Worldly opinions, they have no spiritual value. The worldly opinions, they have no spiritual value. Don't sell your soul to them. Don't sell your thought life to them. Don't meditate on them. Yeah, let's go there. I've been trying to get, I was trying, I tried to get there last week. Let, y'all, y'all give me a few more minutes. Amen. Can I get one amen? One amen, I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's, let's go, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Did you just say no? Come on, no. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Church, because this is where we got to come to the place. We got to understand we have the mind of Christ. Now, now before we get there, let, let's just start here in verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, yeah, let's start in verse 9. It says, but it is written. I love how it says it is written here. You, you know why it says it's written? Amen, because he, he's quoting something. You say, what is he quoting? He's quoting the Old Testament. He, he, he's quoting Isaiah 64, 4 here. Amen. Why? Because there's a lot of things in the New Testament that are quoting the Old Testament. I'm telling you, all this, all this rubbish that you're hearing around churches nowadays that the Old, that the old Testament is, is not relevant. Church, it's the Word of God. Amen. A lot, a lot of these preachers in, in, in the modern day or the, or the early church were quoting what the Old Testament said. Amen. But what do we got to do? Ah, we, need to, we need to start reading these things. We need to start reading through the lenses of Jesus. Amen. And not reading through the lenses of the, uh, through, through Judaism. Amen. 
It says, for as it is written, eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love them. Amen. How many of y'all know that sons and daughters of God, he has prepared for them things for them that love him. I'm telling you, that, that's, a, that's a power. We could, we could close the Bible and just go home, go home with that scripture right there. That's powerful. We're not, but, that, but that's a powerful scripture. Amen. But see, the problem with that, he hadn't revealed them to our eyes. He hadn't revealed them into your ears. What's, what's he saying? He goes, I didn't, I didn't reveal it into your flesh. Amen. I'm not, I'm not revealing it to your, your, your natural senses. I mean, I didn't reveal them to those things. Not because I don't like you. Not because I don't want to talk to you. No, because that's not how I communicate with you. I don't communicate with you through your flesh. That's why I say, you, you, got, you got a pain in your body? Listen, listen, that's not God doing those things. Listen, we don't need to yield on those. That's not how God communicates to us. What do we need to yield to? What the Word of God says. I mean, you feel, you feel something coming on in your body? You yield to what the Word of God says. Begin to speak the Word of God. Push the Word of God. Amen. And allow it to work in your body. Amen. Trusting the Word of God. Why? Because this is where he speaks. He speaks to our spirit, man. He says, but, but, but he hath. But God hath revealed them to us. What's us? It's our spirit, man. He's revealed it to us by our spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. Even, even the deep things of God. Can you imagine the deep things of God? The depths of God? The mysteries of God? The deep crying out to deep? Those things are for us. They're revealed to us. Holy Spirit says, listen, I, or the Lord says, listen, I, I'm revealing them to you. I desire, I want you to know my depths. I want you to know my mysteries, but I'm not going to reveal them to your flesh because your flesh is an idiot. Amen. It screams against me. It's like your mind is at war with me until it gets renewed. Amen. I'm, but I'm going to reveal them to you, but I'm only going to reveal them to the seeker. I'm going to reveal it to the spirit man. I'm going to reveal it to your spirit man. Yeah, how many of you know, I don't know if you guys were like this, but yeah, I tried reading the word before I got saved. I got saved in my early 20s. And, and before that, I tried to read the word of God and it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I understood some of it. I took some theology classes in my, in my latter years and, and uh, in secondary school. And, and you know, so I understood things. I knew who Jesus was. I knew what he did. I knew the basics around everything. He just wasn't my Lord at that time. Right, but when when I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, I, I opened up that same Bible and started reading it, and like words were just jumping off after the page. It was like Jesus was sitting there speaking to me. I mean, just unveiling layer after layer after layer. I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've read this word, this Bible through, but I'm telling you, it could be the the 200th time where I think I know everything, and there's a verse I've gone over 200, 400, a thousand times, and then the Holy Ghost goes whoop, and He just flips over. He just flips over. He just un un. Uh, pulls off a layer of the onion and what happens I'm telling you he unfolds it into my spirit and it, it completely changes everything about me amen but he doesn't do it to my mind I mean it gets it gets revealed into your spirit it gets revealed into your spirit man and this doesn't just happen once listen church it can happen over and over and over if we'll continue if we'll continue to seek out the mysteries because he desires to give us his mysteries he desires to do those things he desires to reveal his depths to you. Let me just say this too. Listen, church, you can't, you can't rely on my depths. Amen. You can't, you can't rely on the things that the, the, everything that the Lord has revealed to me. I mean, you got, you got to, you got to, you got to cultivate your own heart. I mean, you got to, you got to hunt after these things after yourself. 
Amen. Yes, these things, the, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, so it comes forth. But listen, you're going to have to cultivate your own heart to receive it, to receive his depths. Amen. Otherwise, it's just going to be my revelation. Amen. But when Holy Spirit drops it into your heart, it becomes your revelation. Amen. He says in verse 11, for, for what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man? He says, even so, the things of God know, the, know no man but the spirit of God. He says, he goes, you know what, can, can you really know me? No, the only one that knows me is my spirit, right? You know, my wife, she, she knows a lot of things about me. She don't know everything about me. Not that I hide things from her, but she don't know well, only my spirit. My, my spirit man knows why I tick. Because he, he, it's who God created. He knows exactly why I do things. He knows my motivations and things. I mean, he knows it. But see, it's the same thing about God. See, you, we, we can't know that in the mind of God. We can't know the heart of God unless what? Unless the Holy Spirit reveals these things to us. Hmm? He says, now, he goes, now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us. How many of y'all know there is a spirit of the world and he wants to reveal things to you? Hmm? Say, so who's the spirit of this world? It's Satan. It's his devils. I mean, it's his demons and minions. Amen. It's him. He, he, you know, he, he's the God of this world, according to 2 Corinthians 4 4. Amen. Now, he wants to reveal his kingdom. He wants to reveal adultery to you. He wants to reveal pornography to you. He wants to reveal sickness to you. He wants to reveal poverty to you. He wants to reveal hatred and anger. Amen. Sectarianism. He, he, wants, to, he wants to envision. He wants to pour all these things in. Why? Because he has a ministry. You say, what is that? It's to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. Why? Because he don't want to be in hell all by himself. Amen. So he's going to do everything he can do to hurt God. You say, how does he hurt God? He does it by trying to steal you. Amen. Manipulating. Amen. Trying to manipulate your thought life. Why? So you think that there's something more grandiose than, than the love of God that's been shed abroad in the hearts of each and every man. We, we, that, we, that we think there's actually something greater than that. And turn apostate and walk away. Amen. He's, he's hunting. He's trying to steal. It says, no, but we've received the spirit of God. I mean, what, what does the spirit of God do? He'll reveal everything that's counterfeit. Hmm? You want to know if a church is right? You want to know if they're, if, 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 the, if they're preaching the word of God? You want to know if the presence of God in that place? Listen, have, you got to have the Holy Spirit. Amen. He'll reveal anything that's counterfeit. He'll reveal the, he'll reveal the, the, the false prophets. He'll reveal these things. We got, but we got to have Holy Spirit. Amen. He'll reveal everything that's counterfeit. He'll reveal every lie of the enemy. Amen. And then what he did, he'll download truth of everything, of everything. Download the truth of, of everything that's been freely given to us. People say, you know, where, where'd, where'd you get, where'd you get your revelation on healing? The Holy Ghost. Where'd you get your revelation on authority? The, the Holy Ghost. Where, where'd you get your revelation on prosperity? The Holy Ghost. Where did you get your revelation on intimacy with the things of God? The Holy Ghost. You say, oh, well, you haven't heard any teaching. No, I've heard, I've heard teaching on these things. Amen. I've, I've heard teaching on it. Amen. But it was the Holy Ghost that revealed it to it. The Holy Ghost took the seeds that went out. The Holy Ghost took the words off the page. The Holy Ghost took them and he planted them in the inside of my heart and then fruit began to come off it because he did it. Why? It became revelation to me. Amen. My pastor has taught a lot of different things that I grab a hold of and we probably minister a lot of the same things because I'm one of his sons in the faith. But I'm going to tell you, it's not his revelation anymore. It's mine. 
Why? Because, because the Holy Ghost gave it to me. Amen. There's not stealing in any of those things. Amen. Why? Because the Holy Ghost reveals those things. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost reveals those mysteries. Amen. He'll reveal those depths. Amen. And then he'll awaken this word. Amen. To will confirm every single thing that he's putting in your heart. If we'll get awakened to it. In verse 14, it says, but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Hmm. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just go on. It says in verse uh, 15, it says, but he, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. I love that. It says him that is spiritual. He says he, that, that's, that's, that's the mature, the, the mature people, they, they judge all things. Amen. Oh, I thought we weren't supposed to judge. No, it says, it says the spiritual, they, they judge all things. What do they judge all things by? By the spirit and the word. Amen. By the spirit and the word. Now they're not judging things to condemn things. Amen. This is where we get off. You know, we're not judging things to condemn them. Amen. We're judging things by the word and by the spirit so we can see what truth is. What, so truth can be revealed. Amen. Why? So, so that we can reveal the truth to the people. Amen. But we can discern all things. We can, we can look at things and we can see it. Not, not to judge them, not to, not to talk bad about them, not to go to your best mate and say, listen, you know what they did. I can't believe they're in church. You know what they, I saw them doing this on the weekend. No, no, that's not why we're here judging them. We judge things by the word and the spirit. Why? So we can reveal the truth, right? Without the truth, without uh, provocation, the truth, without, uh, without Jesus getting irritated with us. Amen. The truth without with the truth without reproach. Why? Because we have the same heart that Jesus has. You say, what is that? It's for people. It's for people. People need truth. People don't need to be condemned. People need truth. So see that spiritual judges all things, but, but yet he himself is judged of no man. Yeah, have you ever heard that? People say it all the time. Man, you can't judge me. You tell me what to do. God's my judge. God's my judge. You know, don't judge me. Well, I, was, I, was, I was sitting there pondering on that, and the Lord gave me this verse here in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31. It says, the Lord will judge his people. How I many you know our Lord's a judge? I mean, he'll judge anything that comes against his name, against his word, and against his people. Amen. He says, he says the Lord will judge his people. He says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Amen. Sometimes I'm going to tell you, it, it may be a good thing, amen, for, for someone to receive some judgment from another person. Amen. A judgment, you know, in line with the scripture. Amen. That, that truth can go forth from the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the elder. Amen. Your, your, your friend or your mother or your daughter or whoever that, that's filled up with the word of God. It may be, it, I'm telling you, it may be justified. You may want to desire that someone gives you a little bit of judgment, allows you to see where you may be off on track. Why? Because it's, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God. It's a great thing to place your hands, you place yourself into his hands. Amen. But it's a fearful thing to fall and to slip into it, to slip into the snare. Amen. But, but placing yourself there, listen, church, that, that, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. And our last verse here, and we'll close with this. It says, For who hath known the mind of our Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It says, Who can instruct our Lord? Who can know the mind of God? Listen, the natural man can't. The unredeemed man can't. The unregenerate man can't. 
It says, but. There's a big but there. I like the buts. Amen. It says, it says but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have, you know, what does, the, what does mind mean? It's not, it's not suke there. It's the Greek word nous. And it means mind, understanding, reason, thoughts, the reasoning faculties, or intellect. So what, what's the Lord saying here? We have the mind. We have the understanding. We have the reasoning, the thoughts, the, the, the reasoning faculties. We have the intellect of Christ. And the world can't know his mind, but we know, we know the intellect, the thoughts, the reasoning, the understandings of Christ. We have his mind. We have, we have his way of thinking. Why? Not to counsel him. Not to instruct him, amen. Not not to not to belittle him, but so that we can receive what? So that we can receive his thoughts, amen. We can receive his reasoning. We can receive his word. We can receive his desires. That our hearts can become unveiled to his goodness, so we can know him more intimately. But not just know him more intimately, but, but through that process of intimacy, amen, as we know his mind and we can trust his mind and see when that knowing comes place, then a trust gets to be built. And when that trust gets to be built, you know that he'll never let you down. You know that you can begin to speak the same things that Jesus speaks. You know you can begin to lay hands like Jesus laid hands. You know you can point to the dead people when you're being led by the Spirit and raise them up out of that grave. Amen. Why? Because we'll have the same thoughts as Jesus has. We'll speak the same words that Jesus has. Why? Because we have his mind. So can we believe that, church? Amen. Can you believe it? Listen, listen, we're going to have to change the way we think. Amen. We're going to have to allow ourselves to change the way we think, and we're going to have to pick up, pick up his way of thinking. I mean, pick up his word, pick up his way of thinking. Amen. Allow it to change everything about us. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray, and we'll dismiss out of this place. Well, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your love for each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, you love us so much, Lord. You didn't just give us a new spirit, Lord. You gave us a new mind. You gave us the ability to be able to think like you. You give us the ability to have, to have the thoughts, Lord. We can, we can know the intricacies of you. We can know the depths and the mysteries of you. But we know it's not going to be revealed to our flesh. It's not going to be revealed to our senses, Lord. You reveal it to our spirit, man. May, may it change. May your revelation, may it change the way we think. May we desire to get into your word of God and renew your word. Lord, do we, where it begins to change our thought processes. Lord, because when we change the way we think, Lord, we change the way we believe. Oh, we'll change the things we speak. Lord, and then we'll begin to, to change the cities. We'll change our families. We'll change the nations. We'll do the things that you've called us to do, Lord. Having no fear, because it's not us that has to do it, Lord. That's you doing it through us, Lord. We're just operating as your body, because you are the head. And we thank you, Lord. You are a good head. You are a good leader. You are a good pastor. You're a good lover. You're a good apostle. You are a good high priest of our confession. Hmm. may we cultivate our hearts so we can begin to believe that Lord we love you we honor you Lord as we, as we head out of this place or we take a hold of your word confess in your word knowing Lord that there shall no evil befall this neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place Lord for you gave us a promise 
We don't care what the world says. We don't care what's coming. But we know you send your angels round about to protect us. At least we dash our foot even against a stone. Because we're people that are, that are committed into the secret place of the Most High, Lord. There shall no evil plan, no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall hinder us, harm us, distract us, or destroy us. Lord, because we trust you over anyone or anything else. We thank you, Lord, for the righteous labor of our hands, Lord. We thank you for our jobs. May, may our jobs become our ministry. Lord, we ask that you give someone for us to speak this week. Lord, speak to you about, speak to them about you. Lord, may, may they begin to reveal, just like, just like Melvin revealed you under that lifeguard. Lord, give us opportunities to reveal you and your goodness and your power and your glory. Lord, so people will stop running away from the church, Lord, and they'll begin to run back to the church. Lord, because we know these days are drawing near when you're coming for your church. And we know we got a job to do. So we thank you, Lord, that we're going to be a miracle in somebody's life. Someone's been praying for something, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that we'll help be able to answer those things. We're going to be a problem to the adversary. Hmm. You'll regret ever trying to come against our families or our churches. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you for it. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ. You called each and every one of us to be, Lord, thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located in the city at 76 Strand Road, and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk.